Amen. Woo, that was fun. Good morning, everyone. Go ahead and have a seat. My name is Tim. I'd like to welcome you all to Washera Community Church this morning. If we have any visitors here this morning, we want to give you a special welcome. Thank you for joining us today, and we're glad you're here, whether it's your first time or your second or third time. Thank you for coming this morning. Um, today is a big day, a big deal, right? Not only is the cross empty, the tomb is empty as well, and Jesus is alive, and it's a big deal. That's where we get our hope. So, um, those of you that are here, if you leave some room for others that are still coming in, that would be super. So look around you, see if there's some empty seats you can spare for those that are still coming in. Um, remember, we have a twofold mission here. First of all, we want to um, give meaningful praise and worship to the Lord our God, and we want to discover and develop disciples for him as well. So remember those two pieces, please. All right, there are a few announcements this morning. First of all, um, the Connect cards are in the back of the seat in front of you. Um, if you're new here, um, especially for the first time, please fill one of those out. We want to know about you, we want to hear about you, and we want to connect with you. Um, please feel free to drop those in the offering basket um, when it comes around or at the Welcome Center out in the foyer. Uh, don't forget, there is no come for more this morning after service. Uh, you should probably go out and have Easter dinner with friends and family. So it will be back next Sunday, though. Uh, women's brunch, April 22nd. Ladies, sign up in the lobby out there for that. Men's breakfast. One week later, on the 29th, men, sign up for that out there as well. Um, also, in the seat in front of you, for most of you, there's a little booklet here. This is a gift from our church to all of you. If there's not one directly in front of you, please reach over, ask somebody for one that's in front of them if they don't need it, and help each other out here. Make sure everybody leaves with one of those, a gift from the church this morning. Um, also. Uh, check your bulletin. There's information about VBS and also community days that start in June. Believe it or not, only two months away. And uh, two more announcements. The next one is something near and dear to me. Um, welcomed. There's a brochure here. And if you want more information about this event, see the bulletin board out in the foyer. There's a nice flyer out there with info. But this uh, welcomed is the parent ministry for our WCCK here at Washera Community Church. And uh, a huge, huge support to families um, who foster and adopt kids. And so they have an event Friday night. Welcome to Does up in Wausau. Please check out, again, the bulletin board in the foyer if you want more information and are thinking of attending or would like to. And finally, um, word from Gary is there are leftovers on the counter out in the foyer from breakfast this morning. They are bagged up. If you want to take some home with you, you may do so. Feel free to help yourself on the way out. And with that, I think we will go to prayer here and continue. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. The best day of all, Lord. The, the day that death couldn't hold Jesus. The day that gives us hope for an eternity with you, for those of us who uh, give our lives to you, Lord, and accept that gift of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We are so thankful, Father. 
I pray for the service this morning, Lord, that it would be an encouragement to everyone here, that that everybody would leave here um, with a better understanding of what this day means. We love you so much, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. I like at the end of that song, there's an invitation. Come join the song. Come join the song. And then a proclamation that we are free. We are free. I have a few things to pray about um, this morning that I want to address on. And ushers, feel free to come on forward. Uh, First off, we pray for a missionary. And this Sunday, it's for uh, Ash and Leanna Sanfilippo for Treehouse. But we also tag onto that our own local treehouse ministry. So we're going to remember that in prayer. Uh, David and Daylene, where are you? Can you just stand up? Um, The the church is sending them off on short-term mission trip uh, soon. And so this is their last Sunday here before they go. So stay standing because we're going to pray for them this morning. And we are so thankful to be able to support them, not only financially, but also with our prayers. Also, many of you may have heard uh, uh, Bruce and Wilma that many of you know. Many of you know Bruce is in Appleton at the hospital right now. They're checking out his heart. They had some pains, and so they're checking on him and everything. So let's remember Bruce and Wilma this morning, and also others that you might know that have walked through some dark times in this last week. And then, of course, we'll pray for our offering. So let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that we can proclaim these promises, Lord, uh, together as as a whole church and to say we are free because of what you did on the cross and and the tomb being empty, Lord. Um, We thank you always for our missionaries, Lord, and specifically this Sunday for the Treehouse Ministry, for Ash and Leanna, and um, Lord, that that you would just work mightily through them as they reach out to teens uh, in communities all over over the United States. And we want to pray for David and, and Daylene as they stand here before us, Lord, we, we just want them to know of the prayers that are going to be going out uh, from this church, and I know other churches also, Lord, uh, for them as they go to these other countries for the short-term mission trip. Lord, that you would work mightily in their lives. And we pray for Bruce and Wilma this morning, Lord. We pray for the care that Bruce needs, that he would receive it, that uh, uh, all the people that are needed would fall right into place, even on Resurrection Sunday, Lord that they would fall right into place to assist them. But, Lord, touch Bruce's heart. And, Lord, uh, lastly, we are thankful that we can give unto you. You have provided everything that we need. And um, so, Lord Jesus, may we give with a cheerful and a a joyful heart, Lord, this morning, because we want to see the gospel spread from one end to the other of this world. So use these resources in that way. In thy precious and holy name, amen. Amen. As they're taking the offering, uh, the children that are singing this morning, if you'll come on up, and we're going to assemble you so you can sing your song this morning. So come on, read it. John 3, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. God so loved the world that He gave His one 
One and only son the world that he gave is not an the world that he gave is one and only Probably it probably be appropriate for me to introduce myself. I'm Pastor Adam Wolfgang, and I'm like because there's a lot of people don't see me in a suit and tie. They're like they probably walked right by me this morning. Like who are you? Yeah, well, every once in a while, every once in a while, is my mic on? Yes, it is on. We really do want to encourage you to take one of these booklets, and uh, not only for you to read it, but also to hand it off to someone else this morning. So. Um, if you got a bulletin this morning, um, what's going to be great is on the back cover, on the back cover, there's a big space, and you can uh, draw the diagram that I'm going to put up on the screen this morning. That's why it's all blank there, if, especially if you turn it and turn it sideways. It, it will work the best. Am I here this morning? Do I got it? There we are. There we are right there. I want I, I want to draw a diagram, or I'm going to have a diagram up there, and you can draw it out. And I'm hoping that you'll take this with you and you'll look at it again. But in the beginning, God created the heavens, and so you got a line up there with heavens on it, and then the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So kind of draw it like that, where you got that line up there and then like a dotted line down there below. Make sure there's a space in between. Uh, that's there because you're going to start to fill that in. And, and we see that, you know, in, in the very first verse of the Bible. In the very first verse of the Bible, Genesis 1, 1, when it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
and the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light and there was light. And then if we jump into the New Testament, we go to the Gospel of John, John chapter 1. He starts out in a very similar fashion when he says, in the beginning, says the same thing, in the beginning was the Word. Now, at some point you might go, well, what is the Word? Well, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, and that's kind of confusing maybe a little bit. How can be with God and was God at the same time you keep going? He was in the beginning with God. So he was in the beginning at the creation. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And in him was life. Well, now we know a little bit more about this one. In life, and the life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it. And then if you jump down to verse 14, and the word became flesh. Oh, now I know who we're talking about. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. So John is saying, we, myself and the other disciples, we saw him. We're eyewitnesses of his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So you need to make another line here. There's, there's a Heaven is going to come to earth. God, Jesus is going being sent from the Father down to earth. And I couldn't find a little um, manger scene, so I put a guy in a bed. But you can make a little manger, you know, draw a little manger there, you know, put a little manger there. But I want to key off of just what the kids just sang about. For God so loved the world. How did he love the world? That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So here we have Jesus in the manger, but he grows up in favor with God and man. And he walks upon this earth about 30 plus years. He walks upon this earth about 30 plus years. He pulls together 12 disciples. He does miracles. He does signs. He does great teaching while he is here. And, but also he is preparing them that there is going to be a time when he's going to be lifted up. And you put an arrow, go, or a line going up kind of like that. He's going to be lifted up upon a cross. He tells them this ahead of time. He wants them to know that he's going to be lifted up on a cross. And he's doing it for a specific person. And, I, and then I put him on the cross. But he also said that he would be buried. And he would be under the earth or in the earth. I was trying to draw that. How could I draw that? And there he is down there below now. And he would be there three days. Three days. But on the third day, he will rise again. Just as much as he said how he was going to die, why he was going to die, uh, he, he also said on the third day he was going to rise again. And so there we go. He rises up. Then we have him back on the earth again. We have him back on the earth. And, and he's here for about 40 days. 40 days where he takes that time. He instructs his disciples. He teaches them many things. At one point, he is seen by 500 people all at one time. But then something happens. He ascends back to heaven, back to his Father. But before he ascends back into heaven, we have Matthew 28, 18 through 20. He tells his disciples, he says, I got some work for you to do. 
I've got some work for you to do. Go and make disciples. Just like I made you disciples, I want you to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, immersing them in the, the, the Holy God, the triune God. Teaching them to observe all things. Teaching them, meaning that you're going to teach them vocally, you're going to teach them, but teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. So you are living out this saved life and they're watching you. You're not only teaching them this way, they're watching you live out this saved life. And he says, lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. But he also says that he's coming again. And I want to read this one to you, uh, Acts chapter 1, because after he ascended into heaven, and all the disciples are doing this, you know, they're, they're, they're like looking, they're still looking up at where he went. It says, after he, in verse 9, after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. And they also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking toward heaven? This Jesus, whom he has taken up from you into heaven, will come. Will come will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. He's coming back again. Now, a few more words to add to here. Underneath the cross there, the first time that Jesus came, he came to seek and save the lost. He came to offer salvation for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He came the very first time to save. And that's the same time that we're in right now. He's ascended to heaven. He has not come back yet. So it is still that same time where Jesus is calling people. And his gospel is being proclaimed. And he's calling people to join in the song, like the song said. Join in the song of salvation that we have. But we need to tell you on the other side of that, the second time he comes is to judge. It's not the same reason when he comes back the second time. But for those who are saved, there is no condemnation. For those who are saved, there is no shame. For those who are saved, you have eternal life. But to those who are not, you don't have eternal life. You have eternal separation from God. And so that's why this message right now, in this time frame, is so important. So important. But when I drew this out and I was kind of diagramming it and looking like, okay, what else do I need to put here? There's that long slide. You see that long slide you made there? Like, for God so loved the world, how did he love the world? That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But, but like, what's all the stuff that happened in between before Christ came the first time? And so I just made a list. Well, first off, it's creation. He created it all. And in that creation, though, there's a time when there's the fall. When Adam and Eve listened to the voice of Satan rather than the voice of God. But out of that fall, there's a curse. In the curse, though, there is a blessing in the sense where he says, there's going to be a seed that is going to come from the woman. 
someday there's going to be a seed that's going to come from this woman, from the woman, that will crush the head of Satan, the serpent, and only bruise his heel. We go on from there that the world becomes increasingly evil, so evil that God makes a decision that he's going to flood the earth. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And he said, build an ark. When they built the ark, he said, all those who are on the ark, all those that would be on the ark would be saved from the wrath of God. From the wrath of God. World starts over again. They're not doing so great. God has to disperse them out. And then he taps his shoulder on a man named Abram. And he says, I want to make a covenant with you. And I want to create a people, the people of God. We call them the Israelites. We call them the Israelites. And he says, out of this group, out of these Israelites, will come a blessing. And it will be a blessing to all the nations. All the nations. Well, Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons. And, and, and from those 12 sons came the 12 tribes of the Israelites. And he whittles it down. Not only do we have this seed that comes from the woman, not only is it, is it going to be a blessing to the nations, but he says, okay, it's going to come from the tribe of Judah. One out of the 12, it's going to come, he's going to come from the tribe of Judah. And he's described as the lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Life doesn't go so well. And the Israelites find themselves now in Egypt. And they're under slavery, under Pharaoh. And as they're under Pharaoh's slavery, uh, he raises up this man named Moses. He says, go back to the Pharaoh. He says, tell him, let my people go. And there's plagues that happen, but he gets down to the last plague. And the people who believe in God, he says, I want you to go into your home. I want you to take a lamb. And I want you to have the lamb in there for a while. And then I want you to slaughter the lamb. The lamb is actually going to be nourishment for you to eat because you're going to be traveling. You're going to be traveling, but I want you to take the blood of that lamb. And I want you to take it and put it on the doorposts of your house, the outside door frames of your house. Because the death angel is going to pass over and it will pass over the houses that are covered by the blood of the lamb. We have this seed, we have this blessing, we have this lion, we have this lamb. They get back to the promised land. Things aren't going so well again. We have the time of the judges. We have the time of the kings. And specifically one king, King David. And there's a covenant made with King David. And, and, and the story goes on saying, okay, not only from the people of God, the Israelites, not only from a tribe of the 12 of Judah, but now from a certain family. This Messiah, this one that is to come, is going to come from this kingly line of David. He's going to come as the king. Well, life doesn't go so well. And at a certain point, the Israelites are are taken over by their enemies. It's orchestrated by God to keep pulling at their hearts. And they go into exile. And they're in exile for about 70 years. And they will come back to their homeland and they will rebuild Jerusalem and the, t- and the temple and the wall around there. But during this time, the prophets are proclaiming, thus saith the Lord. And especially Isaiah. Isaiah says, let me tell you about the seed, the blessing, the lion, the lamb, the king. And he says, but let me tell you, he's a servant. And not only a servant who's coming, he's a suffering servant. 
He's a servant that would die on a cross for you. After they return, that we, we call it like the 400 years. The 400 years of silence. So when you get to in your Bible and you get to the end of the New Testament, and then you or the Old Testament, and then you start into the New Testament, if you could imagine, roughly 400 years transpires in, be, in between those. And that's when we're down to the manger. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. For God so loved the world. How did He love the world? That He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That gets me to the point, what's it mean to believe in Him? And this is what I want to leave you with this morning. What does it mean to believe in Him? And I want to take you to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, starting at verse 8. Most, I, I love these verses. I'm, I'm so thankful these verses are there that guide us to help us to understand what does it mean to actually believe in Him. So in Romans chapter 10, starting at verse 8, it says, But what does it say? Your word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. So stop right there. What's being proclaimed even this day? What's being proclaimed even this day? Then it says, if you confess with your mouth, if you, if you say, if you profess, but this confess is like I'm putting up my hand. You know, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but truth kind of thing? I mean, this is a, this is a, a, a speaking of this that is deep. It's got weight to it. If you confess with your mouth, what? What? Jesus as Lord. So what are you saying? You're saying that Jesus is the master of my life. Jesus is the king of my life. I, my life, I, I, he owns me. I don't own him. He owns me. I'm under him. I submit to him. I've, I've said many times, it's not my words, it's his words. It's not my ways, it's his ways. It's not my will. No, it's his will. That's what we're saying. That's what we're professing. That Jesus is the master of my life. It doesn't, it doesn't end there. And, a big and there, and believe in your heart, believe in your heart, that, well, what believe in your heart? Well, believe that Jesus was a good guy? Well, yeah, he was. Believe that, you know, he's a great teacher. Yay, ranks right up there with the best of them. You know, what, what do you, no, what's it say? Believe in your heart that Jesus, that God raised him from the dead. That's what we believe. That's what a Christian believes. That's what a Christian believes to be a Christian. Says with his mouth, you are my master, my king. And you say with your heart, you believe that God raised him from the dead. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, but that God also raised him from the dead, validating everything that he said and did. Go back to the scripture again. For if, it, it, well, the last statement there, you will be saved. You will be saved. If you call upon him as your master and your king, and you believe, this is how you believe, that he rose from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart a person, verse 10, with the heart a person believes, leading to righteousness. That heart has been changed. That heart has been changed by God for you to see Him as your Savior and Lord of your life. And that leads to righteousness. That leads to a right relationship with God now. And with your mouth, He confesses. What are you doing with this information now? You are confessing. You are professing. You are proclaiming, as you did this morning so much in song. You're proclaiming that He rose from the dead. You're, you're living out this salvation that He has given to you. And then verse 11, I didn't put this on there. For the Scripture says, whoever believes upon Him will not be put to shame. I hope this morning that you understand what it means to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It is more than just a little prayer. It is more than just kind of like raise your hand kind of thing. No, it's way much more than that. Maybe you did say a prayer. Maybe you did raise your hand and everything. But I'm not looking at just saying the little prayer and raising your hand. I'm looking at, it was your heart changed by God? Was your heart changed by God? If your heart was changed by God, then your life is going to show it. It's, it, there's transformation that comes for those who are truly saved. So I say to you this morning, Aaron and the team, come on back up. I say to you this morning, I pray that you would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That you would confess Him as your King. He's master of your life. He, he, he dictates where I go. He dictates what I say. I refer to Him or, or more than myself. And that you would believe in your heart. You would believe in your heart what? That God raised him from the dead. You do not serve a dead God. You serve a living God. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know he's living no matter what men may say. I serve a risen Lord. Would you stand with us? So our Heavenly Father, I thank you for our time this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to go through your word and see a, a bigger picture here of the whole story of why you came, why you sent your son, and that you died upon the cross so that we might have forgiveness of our sins. And Lord, even here, Lord, this morning, even when we sing this last song, if there's those that are here this morning, that it, like it doesn't matter if we sing that last song, it would be better if I just sat back down and if I just had a conversation with you. Saying, Lord, I see you. I understand now. I'm being impacted right now that you died on that cross for me. Personally for me. And you didn't stay on the cross. You were buried in a grave. And you buried in a grave, but you didn't stay there, Lord. That I realized for the very first time that you're risen again. And you are coming again. And I want to be there when you're coming as someone who is saved. So even this morning, Lord, as we sing this final song, there might be some here that it would be better just to sit down and just have a conversation with you and say, God, here's my heart. Here's my mouth. Here's my mind. Here's my body. You surrendered yourself on the cross, all of it for me. And now I'm turning around and surrendering my life to follow after you forever. So, Lord Jesus, work upon our time this morning. In thy precious name, amen. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Pastor Al, would you come forward?
I know I didn't ask you this ahead of time, but we're brothers in Christ. And uh, I wanted to ask if you just close us out in prayer this morning. Thank you for being with us and rejoicing with us this day. Let's pray together. Savior, this story just never grows old. Thank you that you are the resurrected Christ and that you are fully alive. And so, Savior, we worship you, the risen Savior, who is indeed our King. Father, thank you for this dear congregation, Father. Uh, those who have faithfully served you for a long time, and for those, Father, for this day, for the first time, they really considered you as their personal Savior. Savior, I pray that you continue to build us, to form us into your church that reflects your glory. As the world increasingly grows crazy, may this notion of who you are, our personal Savior, become more and more real in our lives. We honor you, O Christ, and we love you, and thank you for each one who is here, Father. I pray now your richest blessing on each one. Uh, keep them, we ask. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God be with you.